Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Yeehaw! It's the In Wheel Time car talk show. Howdy! Along with Mike out of this world, Mars, King Conrad DeLong. We need more Jeff Zekin. Always. I'm Don Armstrong. Glad you could join us on this Saturday. Supposed to get a deluge of rain here this afternoon, which will be uh, more than we've had in quite some time. I, I think we've uh, done away with the rain deficit. The drought is over with. Yeah, the problem with it is, though, the ground was so hard, it rained, and it just ran off. I know. Really. Well, you know. Boy, my yard looks green right now. <laughs> yeah, well, i got to get out there if I can after the show today and cut the grass. I will say this, though. What worries me is with all the rain that we've had the past, what, three weeks now, mm-hmm. that the ground is saturated. And all we don't need is something coming in from the Gulf of Mexico to flood everything. Well, you must be had a lot of rain over here that we didn't get because I had several warnings come up on the way over this morning to watch for water in low-lying areas and stuff. Yeah. Well, did you come in through Winnie? Through yeah. Uh, that's that is a low. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't there. It wasn't until I got over close to Channel View and I started coming oh, into really? Houston. And I started picking them up. Did you see the move of the battleship Texas this week? Yes. Anybody Some watch of any it? Of that? I, I didn't see it on TV. I've only seen clips of it, whether yeah. it was YouTube or social media or something. But I didn't get a chance to see you as you did the play-by-play. It was it was a wonderful thing to see. You know, they were really worried. I, I saw there is a video that is online. Uh, about the history of the battleship Texas and all of the things that they have proposed and what to do with it after they get it repaired. One of them is a beautiful setup where it's not in the water. It's actually on land, but there's this whole thing that it's kind of in a dish, and they got the whole thing set up. You can see everything. So they're going to float it in there. I don't know. I don't know how they're, like they're going to do it, but it's all grass all around it. If you go online, it's about a 10-minute video that the Battleship Texas organi- organization put together. It's a great video. shows wonderful uh, film from when it was in service. You know, it went in service in 1914. Right. It was World War I and World War II. It had a refurb in uh, 1926. And then they took out the torpedo tubes, which it had, and I didn't know that it had that. They took those out of there. Uh, It originally uh, was 1,100 men on board, originally, when it launched in 1914. But after the refurb, they could get twice as many men on board. Uh, Sailors, crewmen, whatever you want to call those guys. You stack them in, it's probably easier. Probably so. But the, the film shows them going through the food line on the ship, those big guns. You think, ah, those are little bitty things. Oh, no, they're not. It's like shooting a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, my God. (laughs) And and it goes like 14 miles, the the trajectory of the the bullet that comes out of it. And and then just some of the history of the the Texas, uh, Normandy Beach. But it was also the first uh, naval vessel to receive anti-aircraft guns. Yes, it was. Which I thought was odd that... That would be the first one. Well, you know, we're a car show here, Mm -hmm. and we talk about power all the time. Well, this thing was originally coal-fired boilers in there. Coal-fired. And they had some sort of a spray that I would imagine was fuel oil that they sprayed on top of it when they wanted to give it some oomph. Well, Nitrous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In 1926, when they refurbed it, they did away with the coal, and then they went to fuel oil. 
and that's what it burned until it uh, actually went out of service in 1948. It was actually commissioned after the Titanic sinking, I believe, and it yeah. it uh, had tours in both the Atlantic and Pacific. Yeah, yeah it, it's a pretty remarkable thing. I, I didn't How long was the the cruise from uh, all damn day? Six and a half hours. So, how many uh, times do you guys have to refuel? Well, um, we landed for a couple of hours because, whew, I'll tell you what, it took several hours for it to go around the point. Once they pulled it out, I mean, this was less than one knot, I think, uh, forward speed. Yeah, I saw it as it went under the 146 yeah, bridge. It's a lot of weight to stop if they got to stop. Being so brittle. That the, the that was that brittle. was the biggest concern yeah. that it was going to break, and they actually it sank in the middle of the chip channel. That would have been. <laughs> they measured the thickness of the walls of the hull mm -hmm. uh, electronically to make sure that it could actually take it being pulled out uh -huh. and, and the eased down yeah. through the Galveston Trinity Bays, all that stuff. Wow! And um, it was it was quite remarkable. Very slow, but they had lots of assistance. They had. There was four, folks all around it. They had four tugs, two on either side that did nothing but just kind of go along just in case something happened. Then they had one in the back that they used for the rudder, right? And then they had one that tugged it ahead of it. Yes. The way that they did it, though, was pretty amazing to me. There were a couple of, for lack of my knowledge of ship terms, cleats. Great big, huge cleats. There were two of them right under that forward gun, okay? And they had chains, the ship's chains that I guess were used at one time for the anchors, mm -hmm. and they pulled on those chains that were attached to these huge... I couldn't even put my arm around the cleats were that, that big. And so they had the chains attached to that, and then... Once the, chain, with the rope. But once the chains got outside of the deck area, then they attached it with rope to the tug and pulled it that way. But it was slow, man. Well, yeah. Well, like Morris said, probably had to be. And I wonder, were, were they moving against um, tide? Uh, I don't know what the tide or was. Or moving with tide. Well, it, it was... Uh, I would say moving with tide it could was, be really dangerous. It was almost a 12-hour tug. Was it? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it is now out of the water. I saw pictures online where it's yeah, now yeah, in it dry dock. Yeah. And did you see the wear marks down the side of the hull from the chains? The, the oh, chains back in the 30s and 40s. I thought that was unusual that they would put that much... My opinion, damage to I the hull. I didn't realize Stress. how thick the hulls of the hull it was. It's thick, like that thick. It's thick. Uh, it was pretty amazing to see all of that. But I was more interested in in the uh, engines, the boilers. Wow, pretty pretty incredible. Uh, and you know, that's one of the parts of the ship that you really couldn't get down in there. Because it was all closed off. Oh, it had been a mess, for, too. Oh, you know, because it's all underwater and all that other stuff in there. Then that's the part that I really wish that they would fix so you could go down there and see all of that stuff. Anyway. You know, that, that submarine they've got docked at Seawolf Park here in Galveston, they've got, you can get down in there. Of course, it's up like you're talking about. It's on dry land. Yeah. And uh, But they've got, you know, like a little fencing material there that you can look through without actually getting into it. And it's very, very interesting. Yeah, and the passageways for human beings is about oh, yeah. that wide. There's a bunch of skinny little guys. Yeah, but uh, and I thought, I looked around down there when we flew it after they got it in the dry dock. And I'm going, 
Boy, this sure would be a real boon to this little... It's on Pelican Island where Seawolf Park yep. is. Yep. And there's plenty of room in there to put it. To put the Texas? Yeah. That's yeah. where it really needs to be. Beaumont, Beaumont think, keeps talking about they're, they're, they're in the running, they say. But to me, Galveston's the only place, the place that'll work. To put if it, you yeah. want more people to see it, you've got more tourism going in and out of Galveston. You get the cruise ships every day. You know, there's huge events. Ten in or twelve thousand right. people on the cruise ship can see it. And not only that, but also it's right there with the Bolivar Ferry. You yes. can see it from the ferry. All the ship channel traffic. And there's a nice bridge that goes over to Pelican and Island. Isn't there some other sunken World War II boat? Well, there's out there a submarine somewhere? there, and then there's a small destroyer there that's that's there as it well. Looks like a 105 PT. 105, all yep. I could think of was McHale's Navy. Yeah, yeah. It's bigger than that, but it's it's a small, I don't know what class it is. But you can get on it and go through it as well. Yeah. Um, well I the, think it would be a great San thing. Luis, it would. The San Luis Hotel actually has anti-aircraft bunkers on the property. Yes. Yes. And wasn't that at one time for submarines? Because if you look at an aerial shot of Galveston and you see the dark water, that means depth. So there's like a, a rectangle area, I don't know how big, a couple of football fields by a couple of football fields of just black water, which is where they kept submarines. I did not know I that. I did not know that either. But I will tell you there's this, I, I do remember those bunkers yeah, when I was a there. kid. Um, yeah, and they're, they're so thick that they couldn't move them. There's still one left down at the far end. Uh, that would be the east end of Galveston Island, you know, where the wall comes up. Yeah. You could drive up there if you wanted to. At the very end of that, there's a bunker down there, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, they've got some over on Bolivar Peninsula, too, for, where you come off the ferry to the right is Fort Travis Park, and there's three or four of them still there yeah. that's part of the yeah, they're probably all facility. protecting the uh, inlet World to War the, One. Yeah. Well, p- p- protecting the inlet to yes. uh, Houston Harbor. All right, well, we're going to move on now. <laughs> We're gonna, okay. Shall we? Shall we do the tire segment here? I want to. Yes, I want to. Huh? It's your call. Well, I know, but I, I was kind of hoping that we could have a full segment, and we've kind of got sidetracked as we usually I do. Could, I could do we, my awards. You want to do your awards? Yeah. Let's do Jeff's awards, and we'll move the tires and to the a reason why segment. we're doing these awards is I've been out and about this week, oh, and uh, we're uh, all in trouble. Yeah, you are. And oh, there's God. things. You know, people. People collect things. You know, I've. I've uh, that a mother-in-law that collected spoons. Uh, oh, Don collects mother-in-laws. Don collects mother-in-laws. <laughs> and so people collected plates, bells, whatever you want to not talk. Not funny. <laughs> whatever you want. True, to but not funny. So I want to hand. Don't open these. Just set it down next to yourself. Set it down. Here's one for you. Set it down. And you can get these at the In Wheel Time merch shop. <laughs> Do we have one? We have an in-wheel-time merch shop, okay. and uh, these are actual collectible commemorative shot glasses. There you go, boys. I mean, we can open it? You can open it. In-wheel-time nice in wheel time shot glasses. They're, they're awesome. And you can get these, again, at the uh, merch can store. Can we open it? I can't. Childproof container. It's a, <laughs> what? It's a sample cup. Shot glasses. Oh, so Jeff was stealing these when he was at the doctor this week. No, oh, I've had those for God. a year. I've had them for a year. <laughs> yeah, but I, I like it. Did so you, so did you, you wash it up? It's no, they're, they're, they're hermetically sealed. They're not open. <laughs> it's shot glasses to go. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's, I'm really, a, that's a hell of a shot. Hey, we could use these tonight when we go to the concert. That's what I'm thinking. 
I've got one for David Ainsley. Let's too, see David. Bring it, bring it in. Date of a, birth, blood type. Now, bring it in as that, a Cuervo Gold. I was I was going to hematomas. I was going to put your initials on it, but that would be engraving fee. Oh, engraving yeah, yeah, yeah. fee. Well, you know, I think that this is an absolutely stunningly wonderful idea. The first in a collection of in wheel time merch. Shot glasses. A three ounce shot glass to go. Is it three ounces? Yeah, yeah. You can get three in it. Well, let's see. Uh, I, I, let, since we're going to do it that way, then let's talk about milliliters. Silly milliliter longer? Well, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, 100 milliliters. It, 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 no, it's 500. Oh, is it? Yeah, 100. No, it's 50. 500. It's like a pint. 80 milliliters is at the top. Well, 80 milliliters. I don't know, but I can fill it up. <laughs> With yeah, what? That's the question. <laughs> if, you, if you take Tequila. the lid, if you take the lid off, there's a three ounce mark on. Oh it. no! See, you just you just uh, un- I've un- used it. Yours yeah. isn't hermetically sealed no, anymore. I, I, I'll, I'll, by well, the you got to use it now. Uh, but look, look, I put it right back. There See, you, go. you what, gotta use it. So, what kind of sample are you going to put in it? Uh, Tequila, some sort of brown water. I'm sure. Brown water. Well, you know that probably. Never mind. Some sort of infection. Well, there you go. There's your well, award. Thank you so much. You betcha. We, we really thank appreciate, you. Yeah, appreciate special you special awards. Yep. Yep. And he wrapped them too. Yeah. You know what I thought this was at first? I thought this was a McDonald's hamburger wrapper. Oh no. Thought oh boy, but it's kind of light. Oh, yeah. now we know. Well, we had kolaches. So there's our first merch, right there. <laughs> Samples uh, for your concert that you go to. What do you got in there? Oh, it's a sample for the doctor's office later tonight. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. I'm going to drop it off on the way home. (laughs) I needed to fill it up before I drank. (laughs) All right. Um, I wanted to do something here. Oh, uh, Red Cross, you know, every time time Labor Day weekend rolls around, they always issue this thing about, and rightfully so, get ready for an emergency, i.e. hurricane preparedness. Mm -hmm. And I remember back in the day, do you remember, I don't remember what the name of the hurricane was, but it was headed to Houston, and everybody, they said, okay, evacuate. And everybody hit the highways, and it was all jammed up. Nobody could move. Some people actually died out Mm -hmm. there on the roadways. Is that what it was? I'm thinking Rita. I'm thinking Rita, because... I, I, I did not leave town for Rita, but I did leave town for Ike. So it was around. probably somewhere around 2005, four. Uh, yeah, no, that would have been Rita because that would have been the same year, yeah. same year as Katrina, and Rita happened, I think, after Katrina. Well, whatever the case may be, it was a bad deal, and people got stuck out on the highways. So what would you take in your car to help you make it through if you got stuck out on a highway yep. in, a, in a thing like that. <laughs> 20 gallons of gas. <laughs> well, there are a lot of people that ran out of gas. Oh, There's yeah. no yeah. doubt about that. But uh, so That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.